uh, this year has really redefined what compassion means to me, whether it's wearing a mask for those at high risk or what role I can personally play in social injustice. It really is all just coming back to, to compassion. Don't conduct your analysis in isolation because data is so incredibly powerful. Not defending just the tribe, but defending the organization. Those creative people that you really want to keep empowered, keep excited, keep motivated, keep thinking. A good experience pays dividends down the line. Stereotypes tend to break down in proximity. Welcome to We're Only Human, a podcast about human resources, business, technology, and the workplace. My name is Ben Eubanks, your host, and I'm so glad you're here. Hey, everyone. Welcome to We're Only Human. I am Ben Eubanks, your host, and I'm so glad to have you here. It's going to be a great conversation, as as always. I know lots of good conversations here, but this is going to be no different. Um, actually, today, I have Leslie Lyons with me. She's from People Strategy, the team over there, and they were actually, I want to give her the the hat tip here, one of our sponsors for the HR Summer School event that happened earlier this summer, back in June, supported thousands of people, made an amazing difference in the community, just really rocked the world of HR. And I want to say thank you here publicly for everybody, to you, Leslie, for being one of the sponsors. Appreciate you. Well, I have to thank you, Ben, for even letting us know about the event. It was absolutely phenomenal. It was more than I could have ever expected. I think it was for you as well. <laughs> <laughs> it blew me away. Yes, yeah. absolutely. It was you know, one of those things that you think you have a vision for what it could be, and then it turns out to be something more than that. And I was like, it's like one of your kids. You want them to grow up, and then suddenly it's like, whoa, 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 slow down, slow down. Right, right. Or you go into something with these high expectations, and then you're disappointed. Or, But this was like, I had no expectations. I had no idea what it was going to be like. And wow, it just blew me away. Awesome. Well, again, thank you for that. I appreciate you. Before we, I just dove into that and thanked you off the bat, but <laughs> let's, let's back up for a second and tell the audience who you are. So you take a second, tell us who you are, what you do. Sure. So I am the marketing director at People Strategy. I have been with People Strategy since early 2012, which is unbelievable how time has flown. And in that role, obviously, I do all things marketing, so helping set the strategy for how we're going to go to market, as well as how we're then going to tactically, you know, approach that market and sell our solutions. Awesome. Wonderful. So you spend your time listening to, talking to, connecting to the HR community and, and the different facets of what you do. And one of the things that you and I were talking about is how this year has been unlike anything we've ever seen in our, in our working lives. I'm curious, what are some of the things that you're seeing, you're hearing when you're talking to your customers, when you're connecting with the community, what are the things that you're kind of seeing out there? That's a great question. And yes, we are constantly engaged with the HR professionals as well as benefits uh, professionals. And a lot of what I've noticed in engaging with either prospective clients or our clients is just how everyone has kind of had to just stop and almost reinvent themselves, whether that be through, you know, making sure that you have all the support that you need for your remote workforce or getting all of the tools in place for the new compliance regulations, just having to really stop and take a breath and say, okay, how do I now 
adjust to, you know, what everyone was terming our new normal. I don't think there's anything normal about it personally, but <laughs> really just seeing how, and within the community, the HR community, how everyone was relying on each other really for advice and direction and guidance on how to make all these shifts. And those shifts were just so rapid. We really never knew what was coming next. So much uncertainty, right? So having that network, I found to be very helpful, both personally and professionally, just really being able to rely on others for guidance and support through all this change and uncertainty. One of the things that I thought is the, the very earliest days, we're going to talk about the, the COVID chaos. One of the first things I thought of was when all of my speaking was canceled and all of the events that I had been planning to go to physically got shut down. I was thinking, well, goodness, I, I'm very much an introvert. So I just got myself geared up, steeled myself mentally for being out there and shaking hands and being with people and everything. And I was like, I'm going to have to do something else to make up for that because suddenly that's not going to happen at all. So I started reaching out and tapping people, both friends that I've known for a long time, including those people that, are, that I was like, hey, we, we should catch up sometime. We never just quite got around to it. Those people, I started spending time a couple hours a day talking to people all over the place. And I quickly realized after a day or two of that, that I was so energized and I was so thankful and I was just hearing from other people's stories. But I realized for those people that aren't plugged in, like you were saying, the people that aren't connected, the people that aren't able to rely on each other because they haven't taken that time to build it up, I have no idea. I right. have no idea how they survived the early days. I'm hoping they're, they've expanded that network since then, but I have no idea how they even you know responded or reacted to that because it, it would have been scary, I guess, scarier than even it was to not have people to rely on and support you. Well, and I think that goes even beyond uh, our professional lives, right? In our personal lives, you know, I have two teenage kids who, one who is a senior in high school, and to have your senior year just completely cut short and really the best times of, of that experience gone, I wasn't sure how she was going to handle it. But it was interesting to watch how in my, my personal life, how we all kind of adapted and figured out how to get through that, you know, and it was not just relying on each other, but being really creative with how to keep connected with people. I mean, I think Zoom's really excited about how this all played out, you know, I mean, being able to connect with people virtually, but yes, to your point, I'm not sure and it is very concerning how, how people are going to get through as we continue to see it really not, uh, unfortunately, dying down right now, um, keeping that level of connection so that we don't see even higher levels of stress and anxiety that I think we already have today. Yes. Well, that was one of the things I mentioned to you before we started recording is right now, for those of you that don't love data and love all that that nerdiness then just cover your ears for a second but one of the things i'm doing is a bigger analysis of about a dozen different studies that have come out in the last couple of months about what's happening what's next and you just talked about you know, stress and emotional emotional health mental health that is one of the things that we were initially we we're all worried about what's happening but we we kind of settle in to something some semblance of normalcy or whatever that looks like 
And that's still a thing that hasn't been addressed in a lot of cases because it was about how do we hurry up and get people back and productive and get them to work versus how do we make sure they have what they need? So that's one of the things that's absolutely going to be an issue. The collaboration piece and the innovation piece is another, and I'm, I'm sorry, I'll, I'll go down all those rabbit trails if you let me, but <laughs> I agree with you. There are so many, there's so many outcomes from this that we don't yet know. Right, that, that first level of them where we say, okay, we're going to respond immediately and do this. Yes, we've seen that. That sort of happened. But what's going to happen long term, we don't yet know. And some of, the, some, of the an- some of the answers, some of the information that's out there is actually contradictory about what's next, what's going to happen. And so that's why I'm, I'm trying to dig into that and understand it. And the, the people I'm talking to are in the HR space, the, the practitioners, the HR leaders are trying to sort through all of that, that chaos too, to figure out how to make their decisions, not just for this week, which is its own challenge, but for next month and for the next quarter and for the next year and beyond that. So it's, it's definitely an interesting and challenging kind of time. Yeah, I agree, especially with so much uncertainty, right? And so much unknown. And that's why we're really trying to dig in and talk to our clients, um, our prospective clients and, and truly understand what they're current business challenges are and also what their, the challenges are for their employees so that we can come up with solutions that support them. And that could be anything from wellness programs to making sure that you know our technology platform supports the compliance requirements. But it's just really taking the time to talk to people and understand how this has impacted their business and, and being part of a solution. So let's let's talk for a second about the people side of this. Um, one of the things you you had, I've been talking about what, what do you want to cover today? And one of the things you said were these the three C's. And I'd love for you to talk about those, what they are, and then just kind of lay those out there a little bit. And then we'll talk about why they matter. Because I think they're, they're intriguing. And for people listening that want a good takeaway, I think this will give them something good to, to think through. Yeah, so I think when we were first talking about the, you know, podcast and and what kind of we wanted to talk about, what what sprung to mind for me over the last, what are we now in July, so seven months, connection, collaboration, and compassion have for me been really the saving grace to get through this year, which has just been one thing after another. They were just for me personally, very important and helped me. And I thought it might be something that, you know, a, a bigger group would also understand and, and, and feel the same way. I heard someone the other day say these seven or these, you know, these last two months have been the longest 10 years of my life, <laughs> <laughs> which is how it feels right. um, for, for some of us. So I love that though, connection, collaboration, compassion. So you, I don't know if you have read my book or not, but I'm a, I'm a fan of alliteration number one. So you've, you had me at that, <laughs> but those, those are strangely reminiscent of the human skills of work that I talk about in the book that are going to matter more. Again, when I wrote it in the future, we are now in, in the future and they seem very, very pertinent, but things like compassion, things like collaboration, being able to interact and work with and support other people, being supported by other people, showing compassion, caring about them. So let's, let's talk through each of those a little bit, if you don't mind. I don't know if you, I didn't know if you prepared examples for those or not, but we'll, we'll kick them back and forth. We talked about the connection one already, I think, you know, having yeah, connections yeah, personally I, and professionally. Yes. And I think, I think it's 
kind of ironic that it took a quarantine for I think all of us to to realize the importance of connecting with people with one another again I, I know I've already said this before but just stopping and taking a breath and kind of going back to the whole purpose of why we're here is is each other and you know being reminded about what what it is to be human and to embrace humanity and support humanity. So I just, I, I think we've been reminded of that over and over again so far this year. Yes, absolutely. Never more important. And some of the, again, all this, all these data points kind of bounce around my head. I'm, I, I try to make sense of things in terms of numbers and, and data. And that's actually one of the, the challenges with this is it's a very human problem a very human issue and it's not like you can say if you just make three you know have three calls with new people this week that'll solve this problem for you you'll be connected you'll check that box because it's not that simple and it's not that formulaic for people but I think that's that's not a bad place to start I talked to I talked to someone again uh, a week or two ago I haven't talked to her in a long time she and I you know, had spoken to a couple events together. We were just kind of long distance friends and she had moved. So I was like, Hey, tell me about your move. And we found out of all things that we both love reading fantasy. And so she was giving me some recommendations on books. I'm giving her some recommendations on the books. And I'm like, we didn't talk anything at all about HR, talent, work, the research, which, you know, I love, we talk about any of those things, but at the end of that call, like this is the best conversation I had all day long because it was just fun and very, very personal, very human. Right. So, and, and that was where I think from the professional side of things as a marketer, um, trying to figure out how best to connect with our clients and our prospective clients, the HR audience in general throughout all of this, everything, you have to really try and put yourself in someone else's shoes. And it kind of goes back into this or will leads into the compassion side of things so that you can make that connection based on what their what their experience is right so being able to have those conversations we were having those conversations with our clients to understand what they were going through and just making those connections with them so So let's talk about compassion well actually let's talk about collaboration and then we'll call it compassion at the end because (laughs) i i think i was going to tell you a, a, a stat and I don't know if I've covered it here on the podcast. If I have everybody listening, I want you to be shocked and awed and surprised when I say it again, but there's actually some research that I, that I ran across recently that looks at what happens when people go remote, when teams go virtual. And I know not every company has that capability or every industry, right? You can't serve someone in retail capacity from your home office. That's not going to work. But for those that do have that capability to go virtual, one of the things they found is we're always worried about, we're not going to talk as much as we were. And so people go overboard and set more meetings, more virtual conversations, more Zoom calls. Zoom is raking it in this year. They spend more time doing those things intentionally. But what they found are two things. Number one, you spend more time. You try to make up for it with your close circle of people. So if you and I work closely together, we'll spend more time together. But if I only work with Ted once every two months, I don't ever, I schedule less time with Ted. Mm, I don't make time to talk to him or so that's one piece of it is for those people in your kind of outer circle. You don't spend as much time with them, even though that's, that's, that can add value and, and create opportunities for innovation. The second piece of that is the casual innovation that happens where I'm walking through the hall and say, Hey, Leslie, do you have five minutes? I've got an idea. I don't know if it makes any sense. And we're like, Oh, you know, let's grab, 
let's grab Jamie and go to the whiteboard. Let's think through this because it's a great idea. Like those kinds of things don't happen because right. no one, you don't feel as comfortable saying, Hey, will you please set up a zoom call for two 30 this afternoon? Because I have a great idea right now and we should bring on these other people and see if it's an idea that's worth talking about. You just don't do that. You don't structure that. And so that casual innovation that it's casual in nature, but it leads to some, in some cases, positive outcomes, good you know, business results, things like that. Those things don't happen as often. So there's a couple things that in this shift from a collaboration standpoint that look different and we're not always aware of what those, those downsides are when we think about, you know, what's happened in the world. That's interesting because I feel as though we as a team almost met more frequently. Mm. <laughs> I think because of, of the fact that there was a challenge in front of us that we really had to work together to try and come up with creative solutions as opposed to just, you know, normal day to day prior to a pandemic, there were things that you would meet about to discuss, but this was like, oh my goodness, we really have to, to figure this out together. Like, how are we going to adapt? How are we going to support each other, you know, as a company working through this, you know, how everyone's dealing with this as an individual and as colleagues and supporting our colleagues, but then on a broader perspective, how are we going to support our, our clients? I mean, they're, they're facing like probably even bigger challenges than we as individuals were, because again, as an HR professional, we're on the front lines of all of this, right? And so I, I felt like really over the last, probably even I'd say starting in mid-March through today, we're meeting more frequently. So I think that's interesting, but it's not spur of the moment, right? But it's just, I think the, the quantity of what we're doing has increased. Yes, absolutely. Well, when you say that, you know, I forgot, I'd forgotten that we actually had a conversation with Beth on the people strategy team, I guess last year, maybe it seems like a hundred years mm-hmm. ago. And so I'm, I lose track of time, but we had a conversation around remote teams and some of the fun things you can do to try to create different experiences for them how to be more personal, which is funny, right? The, the connection between the conversations, but how to be more personal, more human, how to care about people when you don't see them in person, right. whether it's sending something to their house or it's, you know, you're, 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 uh, we're putting together a yearbook. You know, again, some of the ideas that she shared in that episode, but you know, we're putting together a yearbook this year to, to look at what, what are the, some, the accomplishments that our team did this year as a group and what can we celebrate and put this, set this in stone figuratively so that going forward, we remember those milestones and what we accomplished together. And again, I I just forgotten about that conversation, but that was a really great kind of a set of examples around how we can work together, how we can think about that and how, even if things, whether you are already remote and virtual and that's just the way that you did it, or it's become a new, a new change for your team that's still, you can still create those connections with people, create those opportunities to, to learn, to grow, to work together, all those. Agreed. I, I do think it is harder when you have a very high remote workforce. People strategy has always had a high percentage of our um, staff is, is remote just because of the nature of what we do. However, this was, you know, everybody is now remote. And I also noticed something really interesting was that we all started putting our video on, you know, during calls, whereas we, didn't necessarily do that before. And I think it was because everyone was craving that connection again and just the, you know, being able to actually physically see other people kind of 
but I also think that we, you know, we, we've seen this outside of work as well, right? Within our schools and physically, you know, people who were used to working out regularly, like my gym's been closed. So all of a sudden you have to all be working together to come up with creative solutions. Are we going to school-wise, how are they going to go to digital learning and how are they going to be able to still provide that social interaction for kids? So we are seeing, I think, inside the workplace and outside the workplace, a lot more collaborative effort uh, as a result of everything that's going on. Yes, for sure. So I looked that up really quick. Episode 64. I'll make sure to get in the show notes. <laughs> if someone wants to hear from Beth Hearn, um, we talked about how to engage remote teams and virtual workers. This was an episode that came out in 2019 prior to all the craziness, but the idea is obviously relevant then, relevant now. And so that was a, a good conversation. Let's, let's shift to the last one of the C's in our list. We had connection. We talked about those. We talked about collaboration and how that works. Let's talk about compassion. So the, I don't want to, I'll let you talk with this one first. I'll let you lead with this one because I jumped in the last time. I'll let you lead with this a little bit and then we'll, we'll kick it around. Sure. I, I think for me, uh, this year has really redefined what compassion means mm. to me. I, I, I don't know that it's, I think it's more just become more front and center for me. The need to have compassion for others, whether it's wearing a mask to protect, you know, those at high risk when I'm going into a store or what role I can personally play in social injustice. It really is all just coming back to, to compassion. And I do think the other C's play into that. I think that when you have a connection and you have collaboration between people, you are even that much more compassionate. And, you know, so I think it's, it's, I don't think you can have one without the other personally. That's just me. I think they're, they all work together. And I think with all three of those, you can accomplish great things. What I, you know, a couple of ways in which people strategy demonstrated their compassion with respect to the, to the COVID was that we had, we put together a, what we call the cancel COVID challenge. It's a great idea from our director of benefits, Elsa Glorioso, who you've also spoken to, where we, we had, uh, People strategy branded hand sanitizer that we'd ordered for a trade show where we were going to exhibit. Obviously, that trade show was canceled because it was supposed to be held in mid-April. And Elsa was like, why don't we, you know, put those to good use? Employees can put together care packages, include the sanitizer, bottles of water, other little snacks, and and give them to essential workers. It, it was just it, it was so great to see how everyone came together and showed their compassion in that way. We had some great stories from clients of what they did during, uh, during the COVID uh, pandemic when we were all quarantined. And, and it was just great stories, right? It's just seeing, it's just again, going back to that word humanity and examples of, of how we're all here to support one another. So I'm going to tell you a story. I won't use a data point this time. I'm going to tell you a story that you'll appreciate. Because I, I loved when you mentioned that serving the essential workers and the people, you know, trying to trying to just give them something to brighten their day. Because when some people are at home, others are others are getting up, getting dressed, and going to work anyway, in just a more dangerous environment, but still going to work as they they always have. And so there's a I'd heard a story about a year or two ago about Walmart when they started shifting their workers, some of their workers to do grocery pickup. Sorry, my, my brain was, my brain was uh, fuzzing out there for a second on what it's called. And 
the first thing that I thought and that a lot of people thought is, well, they're suddenly you pull up and pick up your groceries. Someone brings this out to you. So all the people that were checking you out before, you know, now those people are out of a job and actually they're retraining those people to be personal shoppers. And what's interesting is part of that transition is they not, they now have new responsibilities. It's a new kind of role. It's not just saying, check them out, except at their car instead of out here because it's a different relationship. And so they actually give them compassion training on how to interact with people. What do you do if you get to the vehicle and it's an elderly couple that's, you know, can't get out of the car to, to help you? Uh, what if it's someone who doesn't speak English? What if it's like, I'm raising my hand over here. What if it's a young parent with screaming toddlers in the background? Like, what do you do? How do you respond? How do you interact with them? So they use this compassion training to teach them these new core skills for how to do this job. And what they, they've said, they found is they're, that is the fastest growing line of business in the entire company of Walmart. And those people who are doing the personal shopping are some of the happiest they are happier doing that than they were working previously as cashiers and other kinds of, and other kinds of work because they now start to build relationships with people. Yeah. I love that story. <laughs> I love that. And, it, and it's very similar to what, you know, we saw when I mentioned a couple of our clients had, had pulled together and, and done some really unique things in response to COVID and, and actually took all three C's, the connection, collaboration, and compassion. And I'm just going to, Give one example. One of our clients, Colavita, they're actually a manufacturer of, of food, primarily olive oil and pastas and other things like that. And they combined forces with uh, a couple of other companies and, and a musician by the name of Questlove to support the Food Education Fund in New York City area. And they were able to deliver over 280,000 meals to over 800 families. And it's just there were, you know, hundreds of stories like that, that, that just, just show again, going back to those three C's, what happens when you, when they put those to practice, right? It's great things can happen. Yes. That's been, there's plenty of negative. You don't have to look hard to find that, but I have really been heartened by those kinds of stories there's no shortage of, of kindness and goodness and charity and grace for the people around us in this, in again, this year, but uh, right. in the last couple of months, especially. And it's been, that's been, I want to be careful to say, use the word fun, right? It's been, it's been fun to see those things coming out of something that's so negative to see people looking for ways to support each other, looking for ways to, to help each other. And um, that's, that's a tremendous story. I love hearing that. Yeah, and I know we've talked a lot about COVID, but but obviously all of this is so applicable to everything that's going on in our world right now with Black Lives Matter and and the fight against social injustice and anti-racism. And again, it, it that all comes back to connection, for me anyway, connection and collaboration and compassion. And to your point, I have, I am choosing to focus on the positive stories that and and posts and things that I see happening in, in that area because again yes there is a lot of negative but it's so it's so exciting and motivating to to see what's happening the positive things that are happening uh, on that front yes it's it's one of those it feels like that conversation has been bubbling under the surface and all of the current, all the recent events and the current events have pushed it into the forefront. And it's like, 
a lot, there's a big population of people saying, finally, right? We've been trying right. to get this to the, we've been trying to get this on the dock. We're trying to make people understand. We're trying to get people to, interested in this. And suddenly now it's something that no one can ignore. And that's creating a lot of good conversations, a lot of good, even if it's uncomfortable, you and I, again, <laughs> share this kind of perspective, even if it's uncomfortable, conversation is still progress. Let's, let's, whatever it takes to make some progress there, even if it doesn't feel good in the moment, that's, that's, that's still progress when you keep pushing for that. I agree. And, and I'm actually very proud of, of my company for wanting to make sure that we had an action plan in place before issuing any kind of a statement. And so that's where we have been connecting, collaborating, and showing our compassion. A team of us are working together to put that action plan together. And it's just, it's a phenomenal experience. It's, again, that <laughs> three C's just mean a lot to me, as you can tell. I'm, I'm growing as a human and, and, and learning so much from connecting with people and, and learning how to be more compassionate professionally and personally. Wonderful. I love that. So let's, if someone has enjoyed hearing from you, has enjoyed hearing your insights, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and make that foregone conclusion. They have enjoyed hearing from you. What's the best way for them to reach out to you? Cause I know, actually, I don't want to, I want to step on your toes. We had just, you talked about this, this focus on justice and anti-racism. And that's one of the things that we're actually working behind the scenes on right now. By the time this podcast comes out, we'll be, you know, working on down that path, but anything that you'd like to mention about that, because we're trying to actually help shed some light on that and uh, bring some, some panels together to, to make, make an impact. Yeah, I am so beyond excited about this event that we're planning and I'm so appreciative uh, of you lending your expertise in this area. We're putting together an anti-racism forum, targeting HR professionals and business leaders to try and provide a, a forum through which we can have very open, honest, and uncomfortable conversations about anti-racism going beyond diversity and, and inclusion and understanding what that means so that you know, we can help companies build those cultures that are, are really supporting an anti-racist culture as opposed to just diversity and inclusion. So again, still in the planning stages, but I, I think it's gonna be a phenomenal event. And if anybody is interested in learning more about that, they can certainly email me at Leslie, and that's L-E-S-L-E-Y, dot lions, L-Y-O-N-S, at peoplestrategy.com. Awesome. I'll make sure to get that in the show notes too so that people can can just uh, click that email right to you. Um, and uh, by the time this goes up, I might have a, have a chance to actually get a link up to the registration so people can, can check that out. Either way, it's, it's going to happen. It's coming up soon. Don't miss this because it's going to be a great opportunity to, to dive deep in that area. We're going to have tons of subject matter experts in there to talk about all kinds of pieces of this from the, the things we expect, you know, inclusive hiring, things like that, through to microaggressions, through to how to grow diverse leaders inside the organization so that they are in positions where they can influence what happens next. So we're going to try to make sure we cover a lot of those key areas where businesses can make improvements there. And like you said, it's not just about diversity. You ask any leader, yes, I'm pro diversity. That's easy to say. It's about how do we actively make some changes in these areas. And again, sometimes it starts with an uncomfortable conversation more often than not, probably I'd say. 
So Leslie, this has been so much fun. I've enjoyed the conversation with you and I've known you for, for quite a while. I never had the chance to actually bring you on the podcast. So this has been a treat for me and I really appreciate you spending some time with us. Well, you know, I always enjoy talking to you. So <laughs> it's been, it's been fabulous for me too. So thank you so much, Ben, for the opportunity. And everybody else gets the benefit of listening into this one, which is a, which is a good thing. All right. To everybody else, thank you for joining us today on We're Only Human. I'm Ben Eubanks, your host, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. I'm honored to have you as a listener. If you enjoyed this episode, please take 10 seconds to rate it at iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, if you know a friend that could benefit from today's conversation, please pass it their way. After all, a rising tide lifts all ships. To see show notes, sponsor information, and our full show archives, visit OnlyHumanShow.com.